This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Mayor Culpa Podcast. Yesterday, Trump filed a lawsuit against his lawyer, his former lawyer, Michael Cohen. He's suing Cohen for $500 million for allegedly breaching the terms of their NDA. And this is how it goes when you work for Donald Trump. You handle his business for how many years, I don't know. Then he asks you to pay off his mistress. You take out a home equity line of credit to get the money. You pay the mistress the money. You lie for him. You serve three years in federal, federal prison for lying for him. And then when you get out, he sues you for $500 million. It's the circle jerk of life. As you probably heard by now, Donald Trump is suing me for a cool half billion dollars. I suppose he thinks that the move will somehow delay justice and put me off. I have no idea. But nothing, certainly no lawsuit trumped up by Donald's crackerjack lawyers will ever put me off. And the word salad they're calling a lawsuit is no more than a list of Donald's meritless grievances against me. So boo fucking who, Donald? He rolled the dice and he filed the lawsuit against me in a Miami court. I mean, judge shopping is not an exact science, and guess what? Donald got exactly the opposite of what he was hoping for. A straight arrow judge over whom he has absolutely no sway. Darren Gales, who used to be on the Miami Circuit Court, state court bench, supremely well considered, very judicious, very sober, a very intelligent jurist, got promoted to the federal bench by Obama. He is the first openly gay black federal judge in America when he was confirmed. And Darren Gales is the judge that's been assigned to the Cohen case that Trump has filed. This bogus lawsuit will all play out as it always does. But thanks to all of those of you who are supporting me through this, my team and I, we will continue to strategize and defeat the orange-backed gorilla. But in the meantime, Trump's problems are so much bigger than his stupid lawsuit against me. So defendant Donald Trump is back in New York to sit for a second deposition to once again be placed under oath and asked questions about his corrupt and fraudulent Trump Organization business practices. Those questions are being posed by New York Attorney General Letitia James. Last Thursday, Trump was grilled by Attorney General Letitia James in his previous deposition that he took the Fifth Amendment hundreds and hundreds of times in order to remain silent and avoid self-incrimination. But last week, Alina Habibadabadaba, Trump's mail-order lawyer, put out a statement that reads, and I quote, you can't make this shit up. He remains resolute in his stance that he has nothing to conceal and he looks forward to educating the Attorney General about the immense success of his multi-billion dollar company. I mean, come on, get the fuck out of here. The sheer arrogance of these buffoons claiming that they want to educate Tish James. I mean, that's just classic Trump shit. Who, just ahead of Thursday's deposition, showed just how serious he was by calling James, get a load of this shit, a racist and a lowlife and crying that the case against him is absurd. Under the advice of my counsel and for all of the above reasons, I respectfully decline to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States 
Constitution. About that case against him, James claims that Trump and his three eldest children lied to banks about his net worth, that they overvalued assets, but then turned around and lied to insurance companies and the IRS to get better loans and tax terms. In other words, the Trump org just basically cooked the books and skewed the numbers higher or lower depending on, I mean, what they were trying to achieve. Anyway, it's all bad business and James is looking to literally run the whole fucking Trump org out of town. And while doing so, collect a minimum. This is a base minimum of 200 million as they go. New Yorkers know that you cannot be locked up at the end of a civil lawsuit, only subjected essentially to a fine, which in this case could be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And so New Yorkers chant to Donald Trump on his way to testify today was the simple, and for the thin-skinned Donald Trump, the possibly deeply hurtful, New York hates you. And once again, Trump got home from court and just couldn't restrain himself. And of course, what does he do? He took to his truth social to say this, and again I quote, This civil case is ridiculous, just like all the other election interference cases being brought against me. If I had a fair judge, this case would have never happened. I mean, go MAGA! The case that might be the most overlooked is the E. Jean Carroll case that's going on trial in Manhattan on April 25th. The thing is, it shocked me. It, for a moment I was stunned, right? And then he tried to kiss me, which was, it was so hard, but so my reaction was to laugh, to knock off the erotic whatever he had going on, because the man, when you laugh at him, he's like, Ugh. no, you know, he just, went at it. Carol's suit accuses Trump of raping her in a department store 30 years ago, which by the way happens to fall under a New York law that allows civil actions to be brought years after the criminal statute of limitations runs out. Trump has denied her accusations saying that he had never met this person in my life. Well sorry Donald, there are pictures. As well as, he also called her a liar intent on selling a book. I mean, does this not sound familiar, Donald? Blah, blah, blah. We've heard the fucking shit so many times. We're bored from you. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF, the civil rape case against Donald Trump in Southern District, New York, going to trial on April the 25th, despite two attempts just this week alone for the Takapina and Haba lawyers for Donald Trump to try to get a delay. They've tried now twice. They've gone at the judge twice, Judge Kaplan, to try to get a 30-day delay, and it's been denied twice. Despite Trump trying to stall by requesting a four-week cooling-off period, I mean, why? Well, because of his busy indictment schedule. Carol's lawyer wrote the court, and I quote, that it is somewhat perverse for Trump to seek a continuance in these proceedings based on the recent indictment when so much of the publicity that he complains about has been driven by his own incendiary statements. The Trump team is seeing it for sure. I mean, um, I think at some point the Trump team has basically decided if there is a conviction or an indictment, you know, it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, I think the, past, the point of shame has long passed with Trump. Anyway, Trump didn't get his cooling off period and the case will go on as scheduled. 
but Trump is actually going to have to take the stand in this case and to sit in the defendant's box like criminals do. Now, I'm betting he's a little nervous because you know why, Donald? Accountability ain't easy. Trump has used privilege and wealth to protect himself from legal accountability at every turn. He has lived his entire adult life in the space twixt illegal and unethical. Well, last Friday, Trump asked an appeals court to block Mike Pence from testifying before Jack Smith's special grand jury overseeing the January 6th investigation. The judge had ordered Pence to testify, but we've now learned that Trump is going to try to block it. Now, I should mention, Trump is trying to block it on different grounds. He's citing executive privilege as a way to try to make sure that Pence doesn't testify. That has not done so well in the courts thus far. When he's tried to do that, the D.C. Circuit has said no. Now, everybody, we should know pretty quickly if Trump will get his wish, but he's not been too lucky lately, so I'm betting that Pence will have to testify. And according to reports, Jack Smith is wrapping up the fact-finding portion of his investigation and moving on to the charging phase. Trump now has more active cases in New York than COVID does. So file this under. This kid is no Alexander Vindman. But Airman Jack Douglas Teixeira, 21 years of age, he's a MAGA fucking gun enthusiast and an idiot who leaked classified documents to friends while playing on video games while he was on the gaming server. Gentlemen, we got him. The FBI arrested a 21-year-old. Uh, Air National Guardsman in Massachusetts who was doing this, and I had so many questions. I want to know why a 21-year-old had access to our most secret national security stuff when, <laughs> when most of them need to Google how to write a check. Teixeira enlisted in the National Guard in 2019 and was stationed in Otis Air National Guard Base. He was a low-level IT guy in the intelligence wing. Quiet, I mean, maybe a little weird, but definitely quiet. But as of Friday, Teixeira's being charged, I mean, this is so crazy, with violating espionage laws, and he faces now up to 15 years in prison. The thing that makes this case unique is that young Jack wasn't working as a spy or a foreign agent. He wasn't trying to be a whistleblower, no. He was just trying to look cool for his bros that were online. You want to go to jail? No, I don't. I don't want to. And apparently, the kid searched leak a week or so ago before getting popped by the feds, hoping to figure out how to keep himself from getting busted. According to authorities, he'd been photographing top secret documents for months. He even took some documents home and then posting the documents in a chat room on Discord for his bros to ogle at. And then the documents somehow got away from them and next thing you know, international secrets are being passed around the world like fucking candy. The details are still emerging and there's probably more to come. But Washington is dealing with what looks like the biggest U.S. intelligence leak in a decade. Among the secrets already revealed, the U.S. has been spying on its allies, Israel and South Korea included. It's even had Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky under surveillance. We've also learned that Ukraine is running out of anti-aircraft missiles, that American spies have penetrated Russian defense and intelligence operations. This story was broken by the New York Times, but first appeared online in places that no one goes looking for news messaging platforms used by military gamers who, it turns out, 
are also interested in the real world. Wasn't there supposed to be a crackdown on security after Edward Snowden? I mean, the answer is yes, there was. But too late now, because Young Jack is fucked. But Republicans, I mean, excuse me, Marjorie Toilet Green and MAGA crackpots like her, they're now trying to compare the Honorable Alexander Vindman to the inadvertent traitor Jack Teixeira. We're going to come after this individual or individuals um, with the full force of the U.S. government. But, you know, in my opinion, this person, frankly, is a hero. I mean, don't believe the hype. The kid leaked top secret national security documents to a bunch of dumb fucks online. Vinman went through the proper whistleblower protocol in order to provide legitimate evidence in an impeachment hearing. I mean, there's no fucking comparison at all. What Jack did was illegal, plain and simple. Same for Ashley Babbitt, Julian Assange. I mean, these are not innocent people. But Alexander Vindman, in my opinion, he's an American hero. My sitting here today in the U.S. Capitol talking to our elected officials is proof that you made the right decision 40 years ago to leave the Soviet Union and come here to the United States of America in search of a better life for our family. Do not worry, I'll be fine for telling the truth. Now you ever wonder what lurks behind the cold dead eyes of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas? Well apparently, behind his expressionless gaze is a criminal mind, scheming to find ways to hide his ill-gotten gains. Following up on our story about Thomas, I mean things have gone from bad to worse. Get a load of this, my friends. It was revealed last week that conservative mega-donor Harlan Crow purchased three properties belonging to Thomas's mom and other family members in a transaction worth more than $100,000 that Thomas never reported. The property was maybe supposed to be used later as a museum honoring the dishonorable judge, Thomas, but who knows, maybe Crow was hoping to park some of his Hitler memorabilia at said museum. I think it would appear a lot more political if you had a slam dunk case like this. The statute actually says if you have a real property transaction for over a thousand dollars you must declare it there's no wiggling there's no wobbling this was a one hundred and thirty thousand dollar plus transaction so there's really no way to duck this on the merits the department of justice hates appearing political but he's supposed to declare any gifts or money exchanges over a thousand dollars i mean that seems reasonable right i mean the guy's got tenure he's a supreme court judge and if the Attorney General walks away from this case, it just says to the public that the justices are above the law. Clarence Thomas is out of excuses. I mean, a mega donor doesn't just give stuff away and expect nothing in return. Anyone that believes that is fucked up because Thomas's piss poor judgment in this case is reason enough to have him impeached. But his smug disregard for the rule of law says it all. And now for the main event. We welcome back to Mayor Culpa, my friend Rick Wilson, longtime Republican political strategist, infamous negative ad maker, and commentator. Since 2015, he's been a leading conservative critic of Donald Trump. His regular column with the Daily Beast is a hilarious and spot-on must-read in the political community. He is also a founding member of the Lincoln Project. 
I mean, Rick's been published in the Washington Post, Politico, The Hill, The London Spectator, Rolling Stone, The New York Daily News, USA Today, The Bulwark, and beyond. And he's constantly called on for his sharp political insights on the national news networks, including CNN and MSNBC. He's also a fan favorite on Real Time with Bill Maher. A 30-year veteran of politics, Rick got his start in the 1988 presidential campaign of George Herbert Walker Bush and since has produced groundbreaking advertising and provided strategic counsel to political campaigns across the nation as well as around the world. Rick is also a best-selling author with his latest book in Running Against the Devil as well as his number one New York Times bestseller Everything Trump Touches Dies which quintessentially defined the Trump era. So let's go now to that conversation. Okay, so Rick, great to have you back on the show. Right into it. Great to be with you. Yes, sir. With Donald Trump's growing list of legal woes, do you still think that he's going to be the Republican nominee? And further. Absolutely. Tell me something. <laughs> further. Furthermore. Yeah. What the fuck's with Joe Manchin? I mean, why is he even considering a run? And what do you know about this thing called, what is it, like Nullables or Notables.org? No, 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 no labels, my friend. No, no labels. labels. Got it. Yeah, No Labels has got a plan. Uh, it's funded by a bunch of looking billionaires and Republican rich guys like in New York, John Katzmatidis. And, uh, and in Texas, Harlan Crow, the same guy who's been taking uh, Clarence Thomas on vacation. Um, and they have decided they don't want to be around Trump. They don't like the Trump brand. But they sure want to get back and have another round of big old tax cuts and uh, and you know keep the carriage interest carried interest deduction and all the things that they liked out of that of that era. Um, so they're funding no labels to do a third party thing to to split the vote to split the opposition vote to Trump um, so that he will win in these key states where where it was very close last time and and you know those states like Arizona and Pennsylvania, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan. Minnesota. So they're going to go into those states and they're going to put Joe Manchin on the ballot to pull off conservative Democrats and split the opposition to Trump. And and it, I got to tell you, I think you and I, you and I both know that if Donald Trump's on the ballot, um, the Republicans now will always come home to him. They may not be as many as they used to be, but if there's a five or seven percent split away of conservative Democrats from Biden, Trump could win again. And it's not a good scenario for this country uh, or, or, or you or me, brother. <laughs> yeah, well, that's definitely for sure. I'm sure you saw about my $500 million lawsuit that Trump yeah, filed you know, against uh, me. <laughs> I, I, I saw it. And, you know, look, as much as, as much as everybody says things like, oh, you know, it's bullshit, you, you know, you're going to be in a position, obviously, folks, you got, you guys help Michael out here because this is, this is, it's still, ta even if it looks like a frivolous lawsuit, you still have to throw lawyers back at it. Because otherwise you'll get rolled over, and you know it's it's a I, I got to tell you it's one of those things that uh, that you know when I saw he hit you with that you know he threatened to sue me recently and never did it, uh, but when he threatened you the other day I'm like oh he's gonna go he's gonna go hard on this thing and it's uh, it's not pretty it's never pretty you know it's not only that he filed this five hundred million dollar lawsuit against me but on top of that just days before. I received uh, two subpoenas, you know, from his lawyers regarding the New York okay. AG's case. I mean, this is all apparent as 
it's sure. uh, you know witness intimidation, harassment, and so on. I mean that's what it is. In fact, he mentions even this podcast mea culpa. So you know this is <laughs> this is all good stuff for the podcast, but. He mentions, well, you know, uh, he's out there on the podcast and he's talking about things that are attorney-client privilege. And so, first of all, he doesn't even understand the concept of attorney-client privilege. He thinks every single thing that a lawyer does for him. Like, if he turned around and said to me, hey, do me a favor. Uh, Can you just uh, uh, put this on the table over there, right? He thinks that that's legal uh, because I'm a lawyer and because he's the boss. It's, again... This, this, five, this $500 million lawsuit is filled with all sorts of mistakes and problems. And, you know, but you're right. It needs to be defended. I don't know if you know this, but thanks to Adam uh, Parkmenko uh, and uh, American Patriots, they set up for yeah. me a GoFundMe. One day, I actually exceeded the very first round. Uh, we raised like $118,000. Uh, which was that's great, terrific. you know, but that's terrific. You know, now we're at, you know, hoping to raise 250 and people are like, well, oh my God, it's, you know, this is, um, you know, this is only a lawsuit. Yeah. It's a $500 million lawsuit by a maniac, yeah. <laughs> right. Who is trying to prove something because it's not just the lawsuit against me. What he's trying to do, for example, let's say, Rick, you were going to be called as a witness against him in the January Mm -hmm, 6th mm -hmm. insurrection with Jack Smith or uh, as a witness in the Fulton County, Georgia case. You're going to think twice about wanting to be involved in this shit at all. You may turn around and say, you know what? It's just not worth it. Government doesn't protect you. You have to protect yourself, but they will use you. Right, it's a form of witness intimidation, essentially, yeah. trying to trying to make you shut up or bend over or stop, um, or or stop, you know, uh, pushing back. And and look, he's had a lot of success with this over the years, as you know more better than anybody that he's managed to browbeat people and you know vendors and contractors and 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 women, the whole thing. All this this idea that he's going to do it to you, though, at this point where where you know the guys fucked you enough that you're not going to just sit there and, and let it happen. And I and I I, I got to tell you, I think a lot of Americans are going to be behind you, brother, because you know the 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 bully bullshit from them. I, I you know everybody's sick of it. Everybody's had enough of it. And 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 frankly, this is more baseless than 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 usual. And he lo- doesn't. I mean, it, it, he loves to use phrases like you know attorney client privilege, where as you said, he has no fucking idea what attorney-client privilege means in this in this scenario. None at all. He doesn't even understand that attorney-client privilege doesn't exist pursuant to a crime-fraud exception rule. So right. not only <laughs> not only right, was I charged with the things that I discuss and so on, uh, he, there's no privilege there. On top of that, you may recall Rudy Giuliani on that uh, tape. He's the one that released it, and he's the one that discussed it and broke the privilege. And, I mean, all you have to do is just Google it. It's all over the place. But going back to no labels, i got a real right. question for you on this one because— Sure, sure. Look, I know John Katsimatidis, a.k.a. Uh-huh. Manhattan. We've dubbed him into a New York Jew, so he's known as Johnny Katz. He's, a, he's right. actually a really good guy. He really is. I've, I've met now, him before. I've met him he's, before. He's a really good guy. Uh, he's a hard worker. He's very, very smart. Um, 
I don't understand why, if they're going to try to find an alternative to, uh, you know, what's going on, why they would back Trump in this case when they can actually put somebody in who would do the same things that they're looking for. Look, they're like Johnny Katz. He's a billionaire and, you know, he wants to keep his money. And I get that. I, I totally get it, you know. But to go back with Trump, a guy that's embarrassed us in, you know, in the eyes of the world, it's more than just about the number of cars you have, how many airplanes and homes right. and shit that you have. Mm-hmm. We're really at a precipice in America's history right now where none of that's going to really mean shit when 99% of the country has nothing and the 1% has it all. You're just going to start a civil war. And worse than that, the guy who is in power puts in onto the Supreme Court people who are overturning Things like Roe versus Wade through the Dobbs decision. Johnny Katz has mm-hmm. a daughter, right? I mean, what sure. if what if she wanted to get to get an abortion? What if she wanted the day after pill? At some point in time, at some point in time, they're going to go so far as a result of these well, the, uh, Southern uh, White Christian Coalition. They're going to ban condoms. Well, look, the, the, that is not out of the question for these people. Birth control is coming next, folks. Don't doubt. Because look, I'm from the, I'm from the deep south, and you know that I'm from I'm from North Florida, for God's sake, and I and, and the people around here are the white Christian nationalist movement around here. They're feeling cocky. They're feeling like they've won the battle. They are coming after things next, and right now they're kind of joking about some of this stuff. They're kind of like, ha ha ha, why do women get to vote? And and eventually they'll start making it more serious. And and it sounds absurd right now. But it, it, there's an arc where it's like, ha, 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 we're going to ban all abortions. That was a joke 20 years ago. And now they're really close. They're really getting there. And it is driven by white evangelical Southern Baptists and white evangelical Pentecostals. And they are out there right now as hard as they can. And whether you agree – and look, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a guy who believes – that abortion is more morally complicated than some people think, but I'm also a guy who believes it's none of government's goddamn business at all. But the folks that think that government should be limited in everything except who you're sleeping with and whether you're pregnant, um, that's a real. That's not an American movement. That's not a Republican movement. That's like Southern Christian authoritarianism rearing its head. Okay, which is exactly what we all see in things like The Handmaid's Tale. And each one of these people, from the Harlan Crows all the way you know, to the Jim Jordans, they want to be at the, what, what, the commander's table. That's what they're right. looking for. And that's why they're, that's why they're like pinning their, their noses to Donald's fucking, you know, to his ass. I've never seen anything like it. And then... After they end up creating a Handmaid's Tale. And, you know, I know it sounds far-fetched and it sounds stupid. It's a television show. It's a Netflix show. Whatever the hell. It's not, it's not far-fetched, nor is it stupid. Because it's exactly... Everybody, everybody thinks... Yeah. It's exactly what they're everybody, doing. Yeah, every, everybody thinks it's a joke until all of a sudden it's not a joke. And, and there are people... And, and again, right now when I say this, it almost sounds... It almost sounds like I'm like I'm making a you know a, an exaggerated case for effect, but I'm not. There are people in the Republican Party 
who do not believe women should have the right to vote. There are people in the Republican Party who do not believe that 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 there's any medical privacy whatsoever when it comes to whether or not a woman is pregnant. And and they're not the edge or the extreme or the or the or the you know the uh, a onesie twosie thing. They're the majority of the party now. And it's a growing majority. It should scare the fuck out of people. It should scare the living hell out of people who who right now um, are feeling kind of, you know, like, oh, no, it couldn't happen here. It can't happen to me. It can't happen to us. But it's happening. And and people who don't believe it's happening are in for a, or a rude surprise when they see the kind of people who run the Republican Party um, at, at this point in time. They're going to be shocked when the shit hits them. They're going to say, "Oh well, I didn't think my daughter would be the one who didn't have to, who couldn't get a morning, get a morning after pill. I didn't think my daughter would be the one who, after she got raped, had to go to two separate doctors and get two separate opinions, knowing she's whether whether or not she's pregnant at six weeks." Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening here that even you know I, I have a friend who's a very pro life person who wrote me last night after the bill passed. And he said, he said, you know, on the one hand, I want to say that this was a great moment. He goes, but on the other hand, the way they're doing this is it, it kind of terrifies me. And, and, and it's true. It, it It's, there are people who are living in fear because of it. And it's a fear tactic that they're doing here. Yeah. And I, I what I don't understand is why Joe Manchin, why, why Joe Manchin? First of all, n- no disrespect, right? to, no disrespect to the guy, <laughs> but, He's fucking creepy, man. There's something about him. Dude. It's like when I see him, when I saw him, for example, you know, um, in Kiev, right? And he's on, he was with, uh, what's uh-huh. his name? Brad Paisley. And right. I don't know why he's holding an umbrella. Paisley, who's really the <laughs> talent there with his hat on. And so he's, I guess, getting rained on. It's always raining in Kiev anyway, right? But my point right, is, right. he doesn't even have the decency to hold the fucking umbrella over his head. There's something, I can't, he's bopping back and forth. There's just something creepy about him. And well, I don't understand him. As a politician, look, I don't get him. Yeah. Washington is a town that is notoriously, you know, pretty corrupt. Um, and but But here's the thing. Joe Manchin... It's like the most corrupt people in Washington look at Joe Manchin and go, okay, buddy, ease it back. That's too much. Because he is he is a real outlier in that space. And I gotta tell you, um, he's not gonna he's not running through this thing for free. He's not doing this for the good of his heart. He wants to make money out of the deal. He wants to get something out of it. And so I I, I am uh I'm very convinced that that Manchin looks at this as a way to make some 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 money. Uh, and you know, because we know that no labels offered it to Larry Hogan in Mar or in uh, in Maryland. You know, they told him basically, you know, like you know, this this will make you you'll you'll be whole, you'll be made whole on this. You know, but this is a this is a political danger right now for this country, and I don't think people really recognize how much corruption um, drives the whole that drives the this kind of thing. They just—I don't think they see it. So, it's—it's—it's it's, it's kind of remarkable. It really is kind of remarkable. Yeah, remarkable is not really the word I would—I would use. I mean, it's more—it's yeah. really remarkably fucked. horrifying. It's remarkably <laughs> fucked up, is really what it is. So, speaking yeah. of yeah, uh, it is. no, no, no labels, right? Harlan Crow yeah. is involved in this as well. I mean, he's one of their biggest donors. Yeah. First of all, 
you take a guy like Johnny Katz, he's richer than Harlan Crow. I think Harlan Crow is ranked somewhere like, you know, just under $2 billion. I mean, you know, it's not like this is the uh, Elon Musk of donors, oh, right? Oh, no, no. These, I mean, he's rich, but he's, he's, he's rich, rich, but he's Don't not Don't get me like wrong. I wouldn't mind rich, $2 rich. Billion. Well, listen, I had the $2 billion. Right. I, paid the, I paid the $500 I'd million. I wouldn't think twice about it. <laughs> right. So, look, what the, what the hell is with Carl? What, what's he, this guy all about? I mean, because... For example, he's been fucking around and footing the bill for Clarence Thomas for many, many years now, right? He's this mega donor Mm -hmm. to the Republican uh, Party. But one of the things I read about him, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I also heard that he's a collector of Hitler memorabilia. I, I don't understand that. So I got nothing, dude. I got nothing. I mean, what, what, I, look. Collecting Hitler memorabilia is a weird red line um, for me. Uh, and and I'm not saying the guy's a Nazi, but collecting that shit is just weird. It's fucking weird. Okay, wait, 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 hold on. Rick, 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 Rick. Yeah. Hold on a second, right? Yeah. He's collecting Hitler memorabilia, assuming that that's true. But he's hanging out yeah, I mean, with a, yeah. he's hanging out with a black man married to a white woman and his mother by coincidence, was on a British ship as, I guess, a kid that was sunk by a Nazi U-boat. She survived. I, I just don't, right. I don't understand. First of all, let me ask you two uh, dude, questions uh, here. What the fuck is yeah, wrong yeah. with him? And what is he ultimately after, in your opinion? Look, uh, there are a lot of people that's, that sort of, co- a lot of powerful, wealthy people that kind of collect uh <clears throat> Powerful friends. They like they like to say, "Oh, I was on a yacht with Senator so and so. I flew so and such such and such on my jet to this event." Um, and and I I I I don't know where the relationship with with Thomas came from, but I know this: the appearance of it is unethical. The practicality of it is unethical. The fact that he bought Clarence Thomas's old house. Years ago, and and Clarence Thomas's mom still lives in it for free. Undisclosed. Uh, that's unethical. Yep. Undisclosed, right? That's it's just unethical. And no matter how you slice it, I don't care how good of friends they are. That is an ethical red line or a boundary that a Supreme Court justice, Supreme Court justices, should have the very highest possible ethical and moral standards. They should be unimpeachably correct in their dealings you know back in the 60s abe fortis was forced out of the supreme court for a for a much less significant amount of money and relationships with someone who who may not have had may not have had um you know issues before the court but you can't predict that and 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 as much as as i mean the counterfactual argument if you said you know george soros is taking sonia sotomayor on on luxury cruises on his yacht and flying Sonia Sotomayor around on his plane, every Republican in this country would be losing their goddamn minds. Mm-hmm. They would be screaming from the rafters how this has got, she must immediately leave the court. This is unacceptable. This is the worst thing ever. And right now, Republicans are like, nah, they're buddies. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry. I, I just, I have a lot of issues with this because I think it is, and I and I would I would I and I told somebody the other day I would say the exact same thing, one hundred percent the same position if a Democrat or a Republican justice or judge was doing this. It's just inappropriate, and and 
frankly, the only person who could who could take an action here, really, that, that'll make a difference is John Roberts. And so far, he seems completely uninterested in doing anything about it. I mean, he refuses to discipline Thomas. <clears throat> I, I don't understand it. Yeah. So, so you're like me. You don't believe that Thomas will suffer any consequences for accepting these think, vacations, the so. house from Crow, or any of that, right? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. I mean, I personally, I personally believe he needs to be held accountable. That's that's my word. That's my word of of the year. It's all about accountability. When people keep attacking sure. me, they attack me, right? These Republican maggots and so on. That you know, you're a convicted felon. Yeah, but finish the fucking sentence. Yeah, which I did right. at the For direction what reason? of exactly at <laughs> yeah. the direction of in of coordination with. That's right, and for the benefit of your Führer, right? Since. You know, he likes to collect, you know, um, memorabilia from the Nazi era. I mean, to me, impeachment seems to be the only option, but I don't believe that will happen either. I, I don't I don't think it's going to happen, man. I just don't I don't think there's any uh, look. And and as much as the Democrats want to want to squawk about this, I don't see any of them having the guts to, like, throw down and have the real fight. And say we've got to do this, and it's not because Thomas is African American; it's because Democrats don't know how to fight. Nope, they do not. And that's a real—that's some real talk. That's some real talk about our Democratic friends. They do not know how to fight. Well, how and, many times have you and, and they, I had this conversation, Rick, where we talked well, about, for dozen, example, Jamie Jamie Harrison? I mean, nice guy, DNC. Great guy. We need. Lincoln Project type ads. We need Midas Touch type ads. We need Justice yep. Matters type ads. We need these type of hard-hitting ads. You need a Michael Cohen to get up out there and show you exactly how to be fucking nasty. Right. Because you're be you're it's not that you're provoking the fight. You're responding to the fight on the same right. ground. Well, and this bullshit and you of don't, oh, if you, you know, don't we, they go low, the we go high. Fuck that at this yeah. point. Fuck that. When they go low, I'm waiting there with a fucking chainsaw. You know, that 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 that, that shit is that shit is what's killed the Democratic Party in state after state after state and election after election is they lay there on the ground and go, oh, we're better people than they are. We're not mean. Fuck you. Be mean. Get get nasty. Get in there and fucking fight people. It doesn't hurt you. It, it, it doesn't hurt you to stand up for something once in a fucking blue moon and say, I'm not taking this shit anymore. We're not going to, we're not going to live in this kind of world. And it just, it blows me away over and over again, how obvious the Republicans are in what they're doing and how simple it is to push back and how little the Democrats ever do it. I mean, it makes me crazy. Rick, especially when you have truth and you have right on your side it makes it so much easier yeah. so if if you're standing there for truth as i constantly am fighting with you know with republicans truth to power yep. they want to go low you know what's going to happen i'm going to knee you right in the fucking chin right i'm i'm just yep. I, i'm going to i'm just going to knee you right in the face because you want to go low i'll still stand high but i'm going to stand high and i'm going to fight you Tooth and nail to the right. same. And that's why I keep saying I don't understand. You know, even look at what Trump is doing now as it relates to, you know, Ron DeSanctimonious. He's got ads <laughs> now with his MAGA pack. He's got ads now yep. that are better than any of the DNC ads against Ron DeSantis that they could produce. Well, Trump the, the is one kicking they, his the ass. One they, yeah, the one they put out this morning of Ron eating pudding out of a jar. That's a fucking Lincoln Project ad right there. It's hysterical. That's not, that's not 
That's it's a great ad. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna say it, folks. The MAGA campaign today put out a great fucking ad. It will drive Ron DeSantis and Casey DeSantis, his his lady Macbeth. It will drive them out of their fucking minds. You know what? I don't love Donald Trump, but when I when I see them fighting it that way, it's a reminder to the Democrats: don't take this shit lightly. Don't fucking lay there and go, oh, we'll be fine. Donald Trump says he's not going to win. I mean, it is. it amazes me the fucking fantasy world these people live in all the time when they think that 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 Trump will not use every fucking trick in the book. He will not do every evil thing he can, that he will not do every single nasty, underhanded, skullduggery fucking trick it, uh, to win. He needs the protection of victory. And and Democrats who don't get this, they're going to wake up on uh, in in on November in 2024 and go, oh, what happened? Uh, and and the rest of us are going to be in fucking Portugal. Yeah, that, yeah, that's for sure. Meanwhile, but I totally agree with you. And any time anybody who sees this ad of Ron DeSantis taking his his uh, pointer finger and his middle finger and just going deep into that chocolate pudding with his fingers. You can't get it yeah. out of your mind. The same way you can't it's get funny out of your head, like little Marco or low energy Jeb. Right. You can't get it out of your mind. It is a great ad. I'm with you on that. And that should be that should be the way the Democrats are fighting with you know with Trump. That's the way that they should be yep. fighting all across yep. all across the line. They 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 just they just I, I listen. I get it. They're like, oh, we want to talk about issues and policy. Stop. Fucking stop. This is not the battle you are in. You know, my friend Trigby Olson always says, play the game you're in, not the game you want to be in. Right. And 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 the game you're in, the game you're in is that Donald Trump is almost certainly going to be the Republican nominee unless he's dead or in jail. And unfortunately, the guy's got the luck of the devil. And and this moment we're in. It's going to be very, very ugly if people don't understand. You have to get up and start fighting now. We can't wait till twenty twenty four. We can't wait till you know Alvin Bragg or some, or Jack Smith magically puts him in jail because those cases, y'all, they're going to take years to resolve. Most of them aren't even going to be in court by the time the election comes around. I mean, it's just like I, I, I am, I am, I, I, I'm never. I'm, I have a lot of energy. I work hard all the time to 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 try to like push back on all this shit. But there are days it's so frustrating that these guys do not understand why it's happening and what is hitting them over the face. Because it is hitting them right in the face every day. Rick, I was sitting with the um with a Democrat who is a member of Congress. And I was having mm-hmm. a con I was having a conversation and they said the same thing to me, you know, that we want to talk about the issues. It's all about the issues. And I turned around and I said to that congressperson, talk about the issues when you win. That's yes. when you talk about the issues. Yes. In the meantime, you turn around and you, you, the only way to beat up a bully is to punch him in the nose, right? You can't turn all around and try to sweet talk him. You can't turn around and send yeah. him some chocolates and shit. You got to punch him right. right in the face. And right. look, oh, that's oh, what you nice guys do. That's what I'm as, trying to do. But yeah. for some reason, this DNC, eh, let's just, you know, we're going to take the high road. I don't know. Right. And and the high road, the high road is the road to getting your ass kicked again. And, and, and no matter how many times, no matter how many times people say things like, oh, well, you know, it's different now. 
Trump's not the same. It doesn't matter. You got two guys in this race. You're going to make a choice between the two of them. And that choice is going to come down at the, at, at the end of it to who is perceived as fighting harder for their people. And, and say what you will about Trump. His people are fanatically dedicated and they will believe that he is fighting for them and Republicans will will rally around him no matter how many of them say things like, oh, well, I don't really like him, but because that but is the key problem. That but right. is where is where people in the Republican Party have managed to make themselves comfortable enough to say, okay, well, you know, I'll just vote for him this last time because otherwise it's communism and blah, blah, blah. I, it, it scares the shit out of me, Michael, right. that people are not taking it seriously as they need to. Yeah, they, they're every, day, every day I wake <laughs> up and I'm like, Oh fuck! What are you people thinking? I mean, Rick, but they're I mean, like, they're like, but you know, but um, I can't. We can't have another four years of Joe Biden. We can't. I mean, did you? And I had one guy, and I'm not talking about a moron. I'm talking about a highly right. educated moron sure, sure. out of an Ivy League school saying to me, uh-huh. I mean, out of an Ivy League school, turning around saying to me, we can't have four more years of of a Joe Biden. We can't have four more years of this wokeness. Did you see that? Budweiser, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, transgender, <laughs> uh, you know, can and so on. So I said, yeah, I saw it. I said, and? Dude, what the fuck is up with that? I mean, this woke shit just has to go. And I'm sitting there, I'm saying to you, give a fuck about a can of beer? You give a shit right, you're worried, what it you're says? Worried about, you're worried about somebody in drag selling you a can of beer, and you're not worried about motherfuckers trying to burn down the Capitol? And overthrow democracy. I mean, or it, telling it really you when is. you can really and is. can't have a child, right? Or when you're ready right. for it, or what you can and you can't buy, like Mephepristone. I mean, that doesn't bother right. you. Or that women shouldn't be allowed to vote, right? Or that, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the hell. And this is, like I said, he's not uneducated. This is highly educated. Sure. I no, feel I get asshole. It. Dude, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And And look, a lot of... A lot of Ivy League people, um, uh, and a lot of smart people on in the money world, in Wall Street, yes. and in the hedge fund world, private equity world. Yes, they they hate Trump, but they love tax cuts, and they want the advantages that they absolutely, uh, you know, that they 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 used all those things that that they got back in the Trump era as their excuse for being with him. Yeah, and. And, and and that excuse, um, it, it's powerful in their heads, and they can make they can rationalize a lot of shitty things given that given that one framework in their heads, and it's just dangerous to this country. And you know, you and I can scream it all day long, but at the end of the day, you know, we're going to have to all go out and kick the shit out of this guy again. And and I keep telling people, it is not next year, it is not next year. The fight is on now. The Republican primary is happening now. The the the, the twenty twenty four election is happening now. It's not going to happen in your, it, like it doesn't. We're not going to wake up in January and go, okay, it's election time, because evil never sleeps. And Trump and his team are hard at work. And the people around him now, Michael, you know this, they're not Brad Parscale and that fucking moron Jason Miller. They're harder guys. They're tougher people. It is not the same. It is not the same gang that that you know, was, was around him in, in 2020. Yeah, they're, they're true. A, he's got a much more professional crew 
and and people should be people should be aware and wary of of the fact these are not people to fuck around with. Well, I don't. I mean, let, when, let they, me, when they put Chris Lasavita in there, yep. I knew they were serious about winning. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because now South Carolina Republican Tim Scott announced that he's going right. to do an exploratory bid for the presidency. I, but no one seems excited to see him run at all. In fact, nah, Scott, look, I mean, Rick, I mean, this this yeah. guy Tim Scott makes Nikki Haley seem like a viable candidate. I mean, what's your thoughts he, on he, him? The guy's going to place fourth in his own state when <laughs> if he stays in the primary. I mean, he's just not. Listen, Tim Scott is a from from. I've met him a few times over the years. He's a pleasant guy. He's a likable guy, but being a pleasant and likable guy in a Republican primary is 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 horseshit. It's nothing. It, I mean, that's that's like saying I can I can eat soup with a spoon. It's just not there. And 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 if you look at Tim Scott's opening bid, his opening day, he practically killed his campaign on the first day. I mean, he's there's no real predicate. Why is he running? Why would he run? Why would he bother to run? There's no there there. How did he kill? How He's did he not, kill it on the first day? Well, he came right out, and someone asked him about the abortion ban, and he started talking about labor shortages. I mean, what the fuck, bro? If you're going to come out and be a culture warrior, you got to play the culture warrior game. And he he couldn't like answer questions. He didn't look sharp and smart on the on the trail on the very first day. That's the day. It should be your best day. It should be your easiest day in the whole campaign. But it wasn't. He, he he really fucked it up. Well, let's not forget so, though, Rick, that Donald did the same thing. Comes down, the first thing he does: Mexicans are rapists, murderers, drug uh-huh. dealers. But I think I'm sure there's a few. There's a few good ones, which is incredible <laughs> right. because I got a guy yesterday on Twitter who was attacking me. He's yeah. a veteran of right. Mexican descent, and I wrote, "Whoa, whoa, 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 hold on <laughs> one second. I said, "You're of Mexican right. descent." I said, "Clearly, you're not one of the of the of the rapists, murderers, drug you know drug dealers that Donald was talking about." I, and right. as a veteran, I'm like, "You're following Captain Bonespur? What the fuck?" Right. Uh, yeah. The guy. The guy whose great military victory was the battle over syphilis at Turtle Bay. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. I mean, right, <laughs> Captain Bonespur. Right, uh, all of you. Too, right. you know, forget the war. All to Trump Grill for a Mar-a-Lago burger. I mean, <laughs> so, so, right, and and wash it down with a little Trump ice, a little Trump water over there. Well, yeah, it's, it's so stupid. So, look, I, I want to go back to this whole Mephepristone bullshit and so on. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they sure. had this Texas judge, this guy uh, Matthew Kazmarek, uh, Northern District uh-huh. of Texas, and he declares yep, yep. this is one federal judge, goes on and he declares last week that the FDA's approval of Mephepristone in the year 2000 was not valid. And then an appellate court puts on hold some of that, you know, Texas ruling. But that case is now headed to the Supreme Court. And that could actually mean a federal ban on abortions. I mean, yes, this is this is exactly what you and I are talking about when we say we really need every listener, we need every Democrat to join into an organization and make sure that your voice is heard, that your vote is counted, and that we do, all of us collectively, every single thing that's necessary to save this democracy. Because I think shit like this is just a test run. That's all that it is for these republics. Oh. It's a test oh. run on how... On how much that they can go. How about tomorrow a, t- uh, a different federal judge turns around and says, um, you know, 
there can be no mixed race marriage. Then what? Listen, listen. The minute they go after Obergefell on yep. gay marriage, that's their that's their next target. That is, is mixed race marriages. They are going to say uh, this is not a federally protected um, right. Yeah, this is a state's decision. And I promise you, I can think of eight or nine states where that shit would pass. And hey, that that is that that would be a humiliation for this country at a level that I can't even like like contemplate. But these guys, people, they, they they take them. They should take them seriously and literally. They mean what they say. There, there, there's nobody who isn't fascist enough, or sexist enough, or transphobic enough, or racist enough for them. They think that that is the path to victory because their party is increasingly old and white, and they want to keep it that way. And so they're going to fight in every in every dimension. And if people don't take it seriously. They're going to wake up and say, "Whoa, I, I, I don't understand it. What, what are we doing here? I mean, why, why haven't we, why haven't we, you know, fought for our rights sooner?" But you know, they can't say one thing, Michael. They can't say that you, you and I and others have not warned them, because you know, warning them is 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 only half the battle. But we, we, you know, I'm going to keep ringing the bell. You're going to keep ringing the bell. Um, but folks. Take this shit seriously. Do not take anything in your in this country or your life right now for granted because every right you think you have is in danger. Every single fucking one of them. Yep. And look, I don't believe personally that even with that no labels, even with Trump's bluster and so on, I don't believe that he can pull it off. I won't rule it out 100%. And the fact that even if I have 1% belief, that's 1% more than he should have. I truly believe that abortion will be the issue that brings moderates and Democrats together. I really do, because... Uh, Yeah, look, I've, I've had a theory a long time, Michael, in politics, that the side that overreaches on abortion is the side that loses. There was a period of time where the Democrats were defending... Uh, very late term abortions and basically saying, nope, there's no moral question there. Fuck you. Shut up. And Republicans, and listen, I sat in focus groups where even pro-choice people were like, yeah, that makes me a little uncomfortable. And and that that idea is that idea is one that is very um is very dangerous for for the Republicans now because they're the ones who've overshot. And not just a little bit, they're way out there now. The six week bans uh, and look, I know that a that a that a very um, wealthy mega donor um, to Ron DeSantis called him last week and said, "Don't you dare sign this uh, six week ban. Um, I'm I'm going to walk away from you if you, if you do. We'll see if it we'll see if he holds up to it. But this is something that they they know they've gone too far. Um, that but they still haven't they still haven't faced they still haven't like felt the felt the pain of the consequences yet. Well, and hopefully that they will. But I want to just go back and I want to touch on the GOP for a second. And again, I don't care if you're Republican, you're Democrat, but there are things that or independent, but there are things about the GOP right now that scare the living shit out of me. First of all, they seem particularly out of touch with democracy and civil rights in general. I mean, there's Uh, the GOP. This support for 12-year-olds getting married in Missouri. The Tennessee I mean, Senate 
bullied two black freshman representatives out of their seats. Now, fortunately, they got put back in, but they bullied them right out of their seats. Then, of course, you got yep. this other bullshit going on, book banning, right? Oh, can't say gay, book banning. This one is not right. Then you have closing libraries. I mean, if you think, my question to you is, what is the GOP's end game here? Because to me, I swear, and it's, this is the part that really makes me the most nervous. It's like a handmaid's dystopia. Look, there, there are a lot of people in today's Republican Party who think The Handmaid's Tale um, is, is a guidebook, not a cautionary. And it is, it is in my mind, they are racing uh, against the demographic and social changes in the country that have already happened, that they can't unwind without a radical approach. But they are willing to take the most radical approach in order to to you know hold on to that that tiny slice of white boomer voters that make up the most fervent part of Trump uh, and Republican support in the country, and again should scare the shit out of people. Doesn't seem to scare the shit out of people enough because if they were thinking it through, they'd be as they'd be as rattled as we are. <laughs> and and so they should. But, you know, we also, as Democrats, we get in our own way just all too often. I mean, let me give you an example. So there's a lot of pressure right now on 89-year-old California Senator Dianne Feinstein. And they're, you know, they're asking mm-hmm. her to resign. First of yep. all, what do you think that she should do? And which of her options do you think would cause the least amount of damage to Democrats and democracy. We saw what happened when Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right, hung on too long. And I will tell you one thing, yeah, uh, you know, Dianne Feinstein's potential replacement, I met her here in the city, uh, Congresswoman Barbara mm-hmm. Lee. I was sitting having mm-hmm. breakfast with Donnie Deutsch. And this wonderful <laughs> lady comes over and she goes, I just want to introduce myself. And she said, I said, of course, I know who you are. I recognize you. I just don't want to bother you. She goes, can I give you a hug? And I said, you sure can. Uh, And she said to me, she goes, you just keep being you and you keep fighting for democracy because that's what I do every single day in Washington. And she goes, and if I'm fortunate enough to take over Senator Feinstein's uh, seat, I'm going to continue to fight for democracy every single day, regardless of how much the GOP beats me up. So anybody here that's listening, if you can, Go to her website, Barbara Lee. Make a donation if you're California. Support her. She's a good lady. So let me go back to that question. What, what's yeah. the least amount so, of damage? Yeah, look, the, the, uh, I, am, I am firmly in the position um, that, that Dianne Feinstein has nothing to prove. She has a legacy. She has a history. Um, and that she should now go. She should resign from the seat. You're not going to get a Republican in that seat. Uh, so there's no danger of that. Um, but I think we have reached a point where where her her inability to cast votes in a very closely divided Senate um, and, and her inability to lead in that Senate has reached a point where, um, where I, I think she's doing more harm than good to the country. And that's not a critique of her on any action she's taken. It's just 
age and infirmity hits us all in the end. And, and, and I, and I truly believe that, that she needs to go out with her head high. She's had a successful career. Um, but it's time. And I, I don't say that with any pleasure or any kind of like, ha ha, it's time for her to go. It's just time. It, it's, it really is. It's just time. And, and nothing, nothing is going to change the, the, the way history looks at her more than sticking around too long. She should, she should really, um, and I would say this and look, there are plenty of Republicans like Charles Grassley should do the same thing. And, you know, you're done now, get the fuck out. It's over. Um, is not the way you want to put it to them, but it is the way they should think about it. They should think about it as it's time for me to go. I've served my time. I've done my work. I've run a good race and, 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 and staying here longer doesn't make my, my reputation or legacy better. It just prolongs a fight that will advantage the Republicans in the end. And if you want to do that, that's, you know, that's, that's a call. That's a way to think about it. But it's not a good call. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, speaking about bad calls, Jim Jordan plans on taking this judicial oversight show on the road for what he's referring to as, and I quote, a field hearing to investigate Alvin Bragg and New York crime. Right. I mean, Jim Jordan, all of a sudden, the guy, all of a sudden, the guy has become like the mouthpiece for for the entire country. But here's an interesting factoid. Right. Fact checker recently figured out that Jim Jordan's hometown in Ohio is five times more dangerous than New York City. So do you think that stunts like this will backfire on Republicans? Will it backfire on Jim Jordan? Michael, I think they're already backfiring on them. Okay, they've done a ton of these hearings, this weaponizing government bullshit hearings that they're doing. And you know what? Their numbers have gone down. Their polling has gone down. They are not doing well off of this. They're getting their asses handed to them. Now, why would you keep doing it? The only reason to keep doing it is to feed the Fox News media machine if you're Jim Jordan. And, or your coffers. And, and that, or your coffers. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And, yeah. and and to run the, well, it's what I call the hamster wheel. Right. Yeah. They'll do something stupid. And then they'll put out an email saying, I'm being canceled by the libs. And then they go on Tucker and Tucker goes, are you being canceled by the libs? And they'll say, yes, I'm being canceled by the libs. And it's just this rotating bullshit like cycle they do. Um, And and because of that, because of that bullshit, they make a lot of email. Then after they go on Tucker, then they put an email list and say, hey, an email appeal and say, I'm being canceled. Did you see me on Tucker talking about being canceled? (laughs) It never stops, right? (laughs) Um, but these guys have no, they have no boundaries, Michael. And, and, and the, the, the irony for Jim Jordan is I'm sure he's going to be greeted as New York's as New Yorkers love to greet people who want to come and talk shit about New York. And you're, you're, you're a legit New Yorker. I lived there for three and a half years. Oh, I'm going, by the way, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to put together, I'm putting together a counter protest with, uh, Lanny Davis and a few other folks. Hopefully uh, I'll I'll speak to you offline and we'll, we'll talk about it, but 100%. But but I mean, look, I mean, these people, these people, they're so the, the, the degree to which they're full of shit, like all the uh, scientific instruments haven't been invented to detect how full of shit they are. It's the insanity of it is, is nonstop. And we're going to find out, you're going to find out, and, and you're going to see it, I think, in the pretty immediate future, that that none of this 
will have a political impact like they think it will, then none of it's going to have the none of it's going to have the 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 impact they think it will. Um, but they can't stop themselves from doing it. They are addicted to that to that sweet outrage juice that they get from from this kind of bullshit. Yeah, and since we're talking about fucker Carlson, nothing to me screams racist more than on his show the other day. He put up a uh, clip of Tennessee lawmaker, this uh, Justin Pearson, right, and he mm-hmm. actually started to accuse this black lawmaker of speaking like a sharecropper. I've n- I never, in my uh-huh. whole life, you know, I've seen a lot of crazy shit in my life. I never in my <laughs> life thought that I would see on uh, television a right. news host or a, 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 sh- a host, whatever. I know that neither he nor Hannity considered themselves to be, you know, um, journalists. But I never in my life thought I would see someone like Tucker Carlson with these explicit, mocking, racial undertones. And the fact that that show is still the highest rated show. How could anybody, uh-huh. any, I don't care if you're so pro-Trump that you want to, you know, that you... you you know, you want to make out with the asshole. I don't care. I truly don't. You want to give him your last fucking dollar? I don't care. But everybody right. in this country knows somebody of color. Every, everybody. Even if you're a fucking Klansman, I don't care. You definitely know somebody who's of color. Maybe you work with them, right? I mean, you know, I don't know and I don't care. But the fact that he was sitting there and doing it so openly, so brazenly, and with such a yeah. racist undertone, it was like I, I actually had to pause it, rewind it, watch it again, because I could not believe what I was seeing. Fuck that. But, and but Michael, Fox it's needs not to an, do something. It's not, an, it's, it's not an undertone. It's the tone. Yeah. These people aren't pretending anymore. They're going right at it. They don't, they, they, I mean, for especially on Tucker, um, the white, oh, I call it the Tucker Carlson white power hour. He's not ashamed of this anymore. He doesn't hesitate to to play the race card because that's the only card he's got in the deck. Let, let me just go one step further here. He didn't just have racial undertones. Here's his own words. Justin Pearson wasn't white. That's probably how we got into Bowdoin in the first place. But he did a fantastic impression of it. I, honestly, again, this is where, thank God for Lincoln Project, I'm going to pat myself on my own ass for a second with mea culpa and my political beatdown. This is where I'm begging yep. people to please join the movements. This shit is not acceptable. And since we're talking about unacceptable, let me just kind of move on here. What's your take on the whole Twitter files debacle? Like Matt Taibbi was once actually a really decent journalist, but clearly not anymore. I mean, what, Listen, what is Elon I, Musk I, doing? I, I mean, other than bankrupting his own company. Up, I have given up trying to figure out what Elon Musk is doing at Twitter. When he is a guy who has two companies that I think are consequential companies and should and where, where, where he should be focusing. I mean, he's about uh, next week to launch a rocket that is going to change the way, you know, we get to space. Great, huge technical accomplishment, right? A real a real deal. 
but he spends half of his time jerking off on Twitter with idiots. And like, I, I don't even, I don't get it. I don't understand why he's doing it. There's like a, a supervillain origin story here that I don't fucking get. Um, the guy's not stupid, but he's surrounded himself, I, I guess, with some people who really like are like in the own the libs world of whatever fucking right wing bullshit that 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 is driving all this. And it, I, I find it fascinating and disappointing at the same time. Um, and again, I don't, I do not, I'm going to tell you, I do not get it. I don't, I don't understand like what the motivation is to first off incinerate $44 billion of, of your and other people's money. And second off to like, like spend your day being a right wing troll it's fucking yeah, boring, I, I don't man. I don't get it either. And I spoke to Elon Musk in, uh, on Twitter. Uh, you know, I was one of the uh, one of the speakers, and I asked him point yeah. blank. You know, what are you going to do about the bots and the bot farms? Because even for example, when I had put on my Twitter the fact that, uh, and I thanked again Adam uh, Parkmenko and uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the American mm-hmm. Patriot for uh, creating the GoFund GoFundMe account. Right. I can't right. tell you the bot farms that started attacking. And then they changed the narrative. And then they start. I'll tell you, it's really. And I think he can do it. You're right. If he could put, you know, something up in space the way he does and the technology that he has or the ideas he has in his head that he brings to fruition, he could certainly figure out how to get rid of bots and bot farms. But I have. Literally two questions left for you, uh, Rick, All and right. you know because the hour goes by very quickly here. I know, I know. <laughs> what do you think of Gavin Newsom's recent lecture tour? I mean, look, let me be fair. It did not go well in Florida, but he sounded really good talking about it on the news, right? So in your opinion, should he be doing town halls in other states or would he be better off just staying at home? Look, I, 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 Gavin Newsom desperately wants to be president. And and the problem for Gavin Newsom right now is his presidential campaign is predicated on Joe Biden falling over dead because Joe Biden right now will be the Democratic nominee. That's just it. That's how it is. Um, uh, but look, and Newsom is he's he's playing a good game against DeSantis and a few other people. But I will say this: there's a certain degree of of. California liberalism that is not as readily translatable to the rest of the country yeah. uh, as, as he might think it, the, the country is largely um, you know, a, a largely center left center right country. And very few States are as, as far out there as California is. And that's not just um, that's not just um, you know, the, the political cliche that's, that's from a lot of focus groups and that's from a lot of research over the years that I've been through and, uh, over and over again. Yeah. I, I, look, that's that's the problem. I mean, look, California's got a lot of votes, but at the end of the day, I agree with you. I think it's very difficult for him. I happen to like Gavin Newsom. I, I, I think he looks presidential. I think he acts presidential. And I think he sounds presidential. Unfortunately, I think he's just from the wrong state. So look, before we yeah. end up calling look, this if, if you had Gavin Newsom, if you had a guy like Gavin Newsom, who could perform at the level he performs. He's just a good performer. He's a good speaker, yeah. good, good delivery. And he was from Michigan. You'd have a rock star, you know, a, a rock star presidential candidate. And, and look, I think, I think you have a guy who is still trying to 
um, to find a pathway in case something happens. But I don't think that pathway is all that wide. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. And too bad, because again, I happen to like him. So look, again, last question. Yeah, for pleasant you. guy. Nice, Very pleasant not, yeah, guy. Go ahead. All right. So we keep talking about a potential Biden-Trump too, right? I mean, that seems the yep. way that it, everyone's talking, that it's going. I'm not so sure about the Trump side. However, I'm also not 100% certain about the Biden side. My question to you, Biden's approval, mm-hmm. regardless of all this, and everyone says, oh, you know, it, it's, you know, why Biden, why Biden? Joe Biden's approval numbers are up, right? I mean, they, they are, they're mm-hmm. up. Problem, he's old. But would you agree that he's doing a good job as the leader of the free world? I mean, not just here at home, but also abroad? I, I, look, I think that his performance in in reviving NATO, I think his performance in rallying support for Ukraine, I think his performance in strengthening the U.S.-Australia-U.K. alliance and providing an offset to the Chinese expansion in the Pacific by strengthening our allies in Japan and in Australia and elsewhere, I think it has been absolutely spectacular. It is in the great tradition of American foreign policy leadership that 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 he he finds himself. And I think that is something that is unappreciated in this time that we're in. But I also think he's going to get a lot of credit for it with folks as we go on. And on the economic front, look, inflation is coming down. Would we like it to be lower? Of course, we would like it to be lower. Um, would we would we like to see, you know, uh, uh, you know, not see a recession? Yeah, we may get a recession. I don't think it's going to be a bad one. Um, but he is certainly living up, I think, what beyond a lot of people's expectations of of what what he was going to be. I, a lot of people thought he'd be a transitional president, um, sort of a placeholder like a Gerald Ford. Um, I think he's actually surpassing a lot of people's expectations. And I think that's good for the country and good for Biden in 2024. I mean, th- but you're right. He absolutely is tackling issues. I mean, for example, gas prices. Remember, everybody's attacking Joe Biden. My God, look at fucking gas prices. $6, $7 a, a gallon. Right, so and and all, now that they're down, they're like, they're like, oh, well, not enough. Yeah, it's a, yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, nobody's even talking about it. And then when you talk about he's now in Ireland. And he went there, which is the right thing to do. I happen to love Ireland. He goes to Ireland. And now, of course, the GOP, the Republicans, especially, you know, the far rightists, they're attacking. Oh, Hunter Biden is there in order to make money. He's doing business there. Let me tell you something. There's nobody that did more business in this world than Don Jr., Kimberly Gargoyle, mm-hmm. Ivanka, Jared, <laughs> right? Eric. I mean, they're now building in, in Dubai. They're building properties. They're building shit um, all, you know, in all, all the, middle, the Middle East. They got themselves involved with the Live uh, Golf Tour. Nobody has right. done more yep. for themselves and taken advantage of that office. I mean, all of a sudden, it's like now they deflect. It's all about now Hunter Biden is there in order to do business in Ireland. I mean, he can't go back to his family's roots. Right. I, no, look, look, the, the absurdity of anybody uh, claiming that that the Trumps weren't the um, the Trumps weren't the 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 most self enriching uh, political family in history. They, they, they there's nothing like it. 
I mean, I remember when when somebody one point in in when I worked for President Bush forty one, somebody's like, "Oh, Neil Bush's partners want a meeting with somebody." We we're like, "No, no, we're <laughs> not doing that. It's unethical." And 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 nobody said a word about it. Nobody nobody like caused a big hissy fit. Nobody like threw threw their shit on the wall. But you know, Jared um, from the beginning was trying to wire up deals overseas, and he did. And now, you know, the $2 billion from the Saudis and all this other, so this is something that, that no one, uh, again, if it were a Democrat, the Republicans would be losing their fucking minds. Could you imagine if, if Hunter and, Biden ends up in four years pulling down $600 million during the time that his, that he was in office, yeah. he didn't take, Hunter right. Biden the, isn't a senior advisor. No. And look, Jared and Ivanka. Their net worth increased by $300 million in four years when they were, quote, not involved in any business. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I think it's more than that, by the so, way. But look. Right, Rick, yeah, right. It, right? Uh, it's crazy. Let me it's crazy. thank you as always. Thank uh, you, my, my friend. My Great blood pressure is up. My nerves are through the roof right now, as I'm <laughs> sure my, my listeners are. But I'm going to speak to you offline. Desperately want to be, um, I want to include Lincoln Project in you. And Tara and you right. know, everybody over there uh, as we move forward in order to ensure that we do not end up with a handmaid's tale country and yep. nobody better than you guys. So I thank you for all that. Thank you, I my thank friend. You for I your appreciate friendship. it. Every, every, as, as we say, every hand to an oar. You know, we got to all pull the boat. You got so. it. Well, thank you, Michael. You I'll well, talk to you friend. again soon. I'll see you soon. Have a great day. Bye bye, Rick. And now for today's Maya Culpa. I mean, seriously, why are so many people trying to control women's bodies and take away their reproductive rights? And now there's the whole confusion over mefeprostone. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. Doctors are confused. Judges are confused. Everyone is fucking confused. I mean, a right to life or disguised as a judge ruled against the FDA approval of the popular abortion pill. And it was supposed to be yanked from shells last Friday. But another court of equal weight ruled that the drug was still legal. So, the DOJ stepped in and asked the Supreme Court to freeze the Texas ruling on the drug. Justice Alito, I mean of all people, granted a short stay. So the drug will be left on the shelves while the judges study lower court rulings and weigh the appeal. I mean, but, but what the fuck, people? Why are we even here? I mean, why'd Ron DeSantis just sign a six-week abortion ban in Florida? I mean, it's sure gonna make things difficult for women. I mean, not just in Florida, but from neighboring abortion ban states. Florida, I mean, much to regressive Ron's chagrin, had become an abortion hub and safe haven for women seeking reproductive health. But no more. Why? Well, because Ron really hates women. It's been reported that when Ron was dating back in college, he would mispronounce the word Thai, as in Thai food, and say thigh instead. I mean, so let's go for that thigh food, which I mean, became, let's go out, this is so stupid. I mean, if his date corrected him, she immediately went into the no pile, because what Ron didn't want what, at that point in time, he doesn't want now, and that's women who question or correct him. I mean, or who wants to have an abortion after six weeks? So late last Thursday, he signed this ignorant fucking six-week ban, but he tried to keep it quiet. Now, why would he try and hide the signing of his terrific little bill? 
And the answer is because real people fucking hate it. They hate him. Maybe he thinks the average MAGA voter will think it's cool, but an entire 75% of Florida voters, listen up, 75% of Florida voters oppose it. I mean, that's 75%, and even GOP voters are at 61% opposing. That's 6 in 10 people, Ron. Now, DeSantis has not a chance of becoming president, but he's flexing now. He's showing us who he really is. He's a hard-right fascist fucking jerk-off who hates women. Another presidential wannabe. I mean, that's I'm talking about Tim Scott. He talks a lot about the culture of life, which is code for he's straight-up anti-abortion and totally out of touch with American public. I mean, abortion will be on the ballot in every single state and in every single race. Maybe not overtly, but it's going to be there. People don't want their rights taken away. It's the exact opposite of freedom. It's oppression. I mean, why don't they get this simple fact? In a recent statement, Mike Pence says, and I quote, I'm pro-life and I don't apologize for it. I couldn't be more proud to be part of an administration that appointed three of the justices that overturned Roe v. Wade. I'm going to continue to be a voice for advancing the cause of the unborn on principle and compassion. I mean, not a voice for women, no, but a voice for the unborn. I mean, thanks to, I mean, this is so crazy, Pence, you are really fucked up. He also promised the NRA that he would stand with them as did Asa Hutchinson, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis. So no problem if you're killed by gun violence after you're born, but before you're born, when you're just a group of random cells, that's when they're on your side. So let's review. Despite it being against the will of the American people, Republicans continue to try and kill abortion rights. They aren't just out of touch, they are aggressively wrong in this endeavor. But let's not wait until the 2024 election to let them know how wrong they are. Now is the time to write, to call, to organize, and to protest. Why? Because we are the majority, and they need to know that. Why? Again, because they fucking work for us. And as always, thanks for listening. Mea Culpa is brought to you by Audio Up, Midas Touch, and LSJ Media. Written by Jimmy Jelinek and Paula Killen. Our editor and managing producer is Lisa Orkin. Our executive producers are Jared Gustat, Jimmy Jelinek, and myself, Michael Cohen, along with Phil Alberstadt. It may be a new day politically, but nowadays the landscape is more confusing than ever. Donald Trump may have lost the battle for the presidency, but in many ways, Trumpism is still winning the war on the state and local level. Maya Culpa is here to help guide you through the wilderness and keep you informed. And let's face it, we all want Trump, Rudy, and the rest of these seditious traitors to see justice. And folks, I promise you, it's coming. So stay tuned as I guide you through the twists and turns of the criminal process that will ultimately see them behind bars. Mea culpa, nothing but the truth.